Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode four of the Community Solutions Podcast, coming to you from the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in beautiful downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Jack Terman Jr., a faculty member in the department and your host for this fun, skill-building podcast. This podcast is a production of the students, faculty, staff, and community partners associated with our department, and we are very grateful for all the time and effort that they put into providing you with this helpful information. Likewise, we're very thankful to you, our listeners. Make sure to keep spreading the word about our podcast to your friends and neighbors around the globe as we work to build healthy, hope-filled neighborhoods. Today, our students Jill and Alfred talk with Kara Casavan, a pediatric practice liaison in the Department of Pediatrics at the Indiana University School of Medicine. Kara is going to share her knowledge about organizing community-based quality of life sweeps. These sweeps result from bringing together folks from health, social service, law enforcement, government, for-profit, and non-profit sectors. These folks are passionate about meeting the immediate, real-time needs of community members. I hope you enjoy the conversation and have a great day. is Alfred. And I am Jill. And today we are here with our guest, Kara Casavan. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Kara. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, so Kara has uh, de- dedicated a lot of her time um, to a local project called the Quality of Life Sweeps. And she is going to share what she's been doing with this initiative. So without wasting any more time, let's just get straight into it. So, uh, Kara, what what is this uh, initiative project and uh, what is your role? What do you do with this project? Okay. So the city of Indianapolis and speaking to their local residents through different venues, whether it be uh, reports to the police department, uh, calls for service, complaints on the mayor's action line, through all these different venues, the city was able to say, you know what, our residents are struggling with lots of different issues and it's not just crime, it's not just health, we need to address everything. And so they came up with this idea to do quality of life sweeps where they would target a specific area that had a lot of complaints or a lot of problems or a lot of police runs and go door to door and talk to the citizens and say, what can we do to make your life better? What are some of the little things that we can help you with to improve your quality of life, literally? And so they started doing that. And what they found is that there was a need for a lot of different resources. So it couldn't just be one agency going to door to door. It had to be a whole plethora of services, whether it be housing, whether it be energy assistance, whether it be helping with um, getting health insurance or a flu shot. And so bringing these services to someone's actual front porch. So in our role, we became involved because we were looking at working on infant mortality in some of these neighborhoods. And so we're able to join this group going door to door and say, what can we provide to you to help make sure the babies that you love are still safe? 
So uh, could you kind of walk us through a, the process or what a typical uh, sweep uh, is like, um, what goes on, who's present uh, in a typical day that you guys are performing these uh, sweeps? Definitely. So kudos to Julie Fiddler from the city of Indianapolis. She is the driving force behind these sweeps. And so she starts planning in advance. And so she'll actually have a planning meeting and bring everybody to the table and kind of give you some background. Like this is the neighborhood we're going to be working on. These are the type of reports we're receiving. These are the type of complaints we're receiving. This is what's going on here. And kind of prep us for what it's going to look like. That's usually a week or two before the actual sweep. Then before the sweep, we meet together usually at a roll call for the police department and again go over what teams are going to be where. Um, we kind of divvy up so we can cover more ground. What kind of resources do we have with us that day? And, you know, who who are neighbors on that block that are really good leaders that we want to reach out to and make sure they know we're there to help their community. And as we go through the through the sweep, we check in with each other. Um, we're keeping tabs on how many food bags have been handed out, how many cribs we were able to hand out. And then we kind of debrief afterwards about what the sweep, how the sweep went and what it looked like. How are you able to go into some of these neighborhoods? Are they risky? Are you nervous before going? Like, how does this all work? How does it come together? Well, I think it's, you know, people, I understand when people think like, well, that neighborhood has a lot of crime or, you know, are people actually going to answer the door for police officers or medics? And those are always things you keep in the back of your mind. But what's really kind of novel about this is that you have police officers and firefighters and medics and how people who usually are called to inspect houses, you know, for safety coming together to offer to provide a service versus they're in a negative light. So that really puts a different spin on the whole experience. Um, I think there's been a learning curve. You know, I think with doing this kind of work, you learn that you maybe don't put four uniformed police officers <laughs> knocking on the door. Maybe you do use a multidisciplinary team instead, right? So it's not as intimidating. But the neighborhoods are getting used to this and are starting to look forward to it and appreciate it. So it's it might be a high crime area, but there's also a lot of strength in some of these areas. And so those community leaders can kind of help prep the residents for, hey, they're coming to help. They're coming to ask for your input. Let's take advantage of it. That's awesome. Uh, so could you expand on a little bit more about what uh, services and what items are provided to the families when you guys are performing these sweeps? Yeah, I can specifically talk to one in November, which is right before Thanksgiving, um, because we were able to hand out sleep sacks for infants because the weather was getting colder and we knew that babies shouldn't be sleeping with blankets. And so it was a perfect time to hand out um, sleep sacks to encourage safe sleep. We have pack and plays available for families as well. Uh, there was food emergency food kits of non-perishable food items. We had tickets to hand out to pick up free turkeys for Thanksgiving. I think we actually had some turkeys as well <laughs> to hand out. Um, we had the medics who were able to go door to door and offer flu shots and also help connect families if they didn't have a primary care provider or insurance. We had someone who was able to help families get IDs or driver's license. We had somebody work available to work with employment, um, energy assistance and utility assistance, somebody from the city who could help with code enforcement. So if somebody's house wasn't up to par and they needed help getting there. And then also people from the city as far as cleaning up the alleys, law enforcement there to ask if they had any concerns, marking if lights were out on the street. And just so, I mean, a wide variety of services can be available at any time. 
Wow, so this is, uh, it sounds like an all-inclusive package this project is really uh, taking on. So one thing that I'm wondering is, um, how do you monitor who's gotten what? So um, the city does a great job of keeping tabs on what houses they've gone to by address, uh, what neighborhoods they've done these sweeps in, because they want to try it in as many places as possible. Also, what was handed out, what complaints were addressed, and who was provided with something. On top of that, they do a great job in saying, okay, so this is what was going on in this specific four-block area three months ago. We came in and we did a quality of life sweep and we addressed this, 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 this many concerns, you know, and kind of can list them. Now let's compare, have runs in the neighborhood declined? You know, have calls to law enforcement declined? Are there less complaints? Are, are families who live in this area feeling a little bit better about their neighborhood? And so they can c- kind of compare that longitudinally to also determine if these sweeps have been effective. And so far they have, which is why they keep doing them. That's pretty cool. So for the neighborhoods and those that have opened their doors to you guys, have you guys gotten any like word of mouth advertisement or marketing, just uh, sharing through social media, neighbors talking to neighbors saying, hey, you should check these guys out or open your doors to them. Um, They really help me out. Do you think you get a lot of publicity or like activity through that? Yeah. So the actual local news media has been really supportive of this. They do come along for some of them and um, I think that helps the community to see that, you know, law enforcement knocking at your door is not always a negative thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, that there are some positive things that law enforcement is also trying to do and the city is trying to do. So local media does show some of this. I will also say that IMPD has a very active Facebook page and they're able to show residents, you know, reaping the benefit of some of these quality of life sweeps, which also helps. So, in our situation, to us, the biggest feedback is when you are able to provide a crib to a family and they're so thankful and you can think, okay, so we're helping keep that baby safe. That's the biggest part of it. i like to go back. You mentioned that there are a lot of things that you mentioned that this project um, kind of provides for families. And I'm just wondering how are they able to give so freely? What partnerships does this project um, have that allows for this to Uh, go on and to be sustainable. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is donations. Um, You know, when we talk about um, food pantries being able to put together these emergency food kits, um, that's volunteer time and that's all donors donating that food. When we talk about um, in our situation, being able to provide the cribs or pack and plays and sleep sacks, we have some grant funding and some foundation money that we can put towards this as well. Um, as far as the city, for them, it's more just a change in how they do business. So they already have people who do code enforcement and they already, they're already they already paying them to do this. So it's more of a change in thinking that we're going to pull you from behind your desk and you're willing to go out into the community and do it this way. So it might be a little bit more manpower hours, but they understand that this is very beneficial. So a lot of it is in-kind time donation. A lot of it is just reorganizing how they do things and how we do things as well so that we have the manpower to be able to be part of this. That's pretty awesome. Another question I had was um, how, if 
anybody else wants to be a part of this project or donate their time, uh, what would you recommend as some of the best ways for, uh, say, either for students or for just outsiders, other individuals in the community to be a part of this and help their community? Yeah, so I think because the quality of life sweeps are very um, real time and they're very reactive to current issues in a neighborhood, it's hard to plan ahead and say, oh, you can sign up to volunteer for this. But when we talked about how these things happen and that how these donations come to be, I think when you look at some of the local organizations that help support the quality of life sweeps, those are really great opportunities. So whether it is helping stock the bags at the food pantry or volunteering and, you know, with a cleanup of one of the alleys of one of the quality of life sweeps with the city. So there's more concrete and grassroots efforts that can be done behind the scenes to help support the final product, the quality of life sweep. What are three things you would like um, our listeners to take with them um, from this podcast or maybe three pieces of advice that you would have for any of our interested listeners who would like to initiate something like this in their neighborhood? Okay. I think the biggest one is specifically when you're talking about public health um, is that you can have every doctor in the world in a neighborhood, you can have all these great evidence-based practices in place. But if you're not addressing safety and other social determinants of health, at some point, families are still going to need something. And so thinking outside the box and being creative with partnerships and understanding that public health goes beyond just the actual health of individuals, but the health of the neighborhood plays into it. And like I said, creativity and multi-sector collaboration, um, the amount of creative partnerships we have doing this kind of work has really opened our eyes to all the availability of services and resources that we never would have tapped into until we started doing this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kara, for spending uh, time with us and talking with us about the quality of life sweeps and uh, sharing your ideas on uh, community solutions. Thank you. Thank you.